This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Saram, welcome to Saturday News number 894. Saram and welcome Colonel Malhotra ji to the studios of Radio Sai. Thank you. Your association with Swami dates back to the 70s. So it's definitely plenty of moments with Bhagwan him guiding you in various aspects of your life in your personal and professional uh, spheres. So can we go back to that moment? when bhagwan entered your life yeah thank you vishu for taking uh, this on i'll take it on now uh my association with swami is when swami himself was in his 40s <laughs> late 40s perhaps uh, i'm referring to the 70s um but before i get on to my association with swami i'll just link it up with what was it before and thereafter how was i brought into his fold by my parents I'm now going back to the 60s and 70s. Uh generally uh, a person whomever I meet after I quit my uniform and I I was in the army and after my retirement when I came into the civil there are lots of questions asked uh inquisitively by people like what is my religion where am I from and uh, uh age factor well age catches up i am now in my mid 70s but as regards the religion and where am i from is concerned i thought let me just start this uh, talk with these two issues where am i from a very difficult question for an army man to reply a person says he's from punjab he says he's from tamil nadu he says he's from andhra pradesh but for the army man is very difficult right from the early 60s in 1962 i got into uniform and uh, since then i've been moving up and down on transfers as you know it's a government job and uh, we have a large field area with the china border and the pakistan border and uh, into the rajasthan areas i have been moving all those 30 to 35 years of my service from place a to place b so my answer to this always is the whole country is mine I don't belong to Delhi or I don't belong to Bangalore or I don't belong to one and then a person realizes yes in fact this particular issue came up very casually in one of my first interviews with Swami when I told him this and he said bilkul theek absolutely correct sabko aisa sochna chahiye i leave it at that since it was a personal interview the other issue was in terms of my religion Now here again, I link it up with what Swami said. You see, when it comes to my religion, somebody says he's a Christian, somebody says he's a Muslim, somebody says he's a Sikh. When they ask me, I say I have no religion because I am just a Hindu who believes in God. Hindu, as you are aware, Baba has also said that Hinduism is not a religion; it's only a way of life. Similarly, I have always believed, even before I came in contact with Baba. that i really don't have one religion i just believe in god because even at home in our own mandir with my parents there were so many images and statues of gods that one really wondered am i a shiv bhakt am i a krishna bhakt am i a ram bhakt and whenever i close my eyes i would get mixed up 
I always considered it as I have no religion except that I love God in whatever form he is. Now, the whole this concept manifested itself several years later when I was in uniform. I got into uniform in 1962, got my commission in 65. And it was again sometimes in 70 when I got an opportunity to express this concept in form. Now, uh, in the army, we have units called regiments, called battalions. In my regiment and most of the other regiments and battalions, people come from very diverse religions. So, in each unit, we have a small shed called a mandir. There's another shed called a gurdwara. There's another shed called a masjid. There's another place called a church. Depending on what is the composition, the caste composition or the religious composition of that particular unit, I had a mixed. Till then, we were having these four items separately, four mandirs separately. When we shifted to Kashmir, when I moved my unit to Kashmir into a very sensitive area, here was an opportunity for me to make changes because it was a new place. I got hold of two Muslims, one Hindu, one Christian and one Sikh and we made it into a small cell. And I told them that instead of having four or five places where a Muslim goes to a, a, a masjid, a Christian goes to a church, the identities become separate. Why can't we combine them together? Because when we fight a battle, there's no such thing as any religion. You just fight for the country. They all said, yes. I said, now, what I'm going to do is, here is a shed that we have got to occupy. Earlier, it was called a mandir. Let's change it and let's call it a Sarav Dharm Sthal. Sarav Dharm Sthal or Sarav Dharm Mandir. In that mandir, I told all four of them, you please decide what elements of your religion would you like to put. I told them broadly, since the majority of the people are Hindus with diverse gods, we'll have a central image of a Hindu. On top, we could have a very nice brass um, uh, uh, a cross representing Jesus. On one side would be the Granth representing the Sikhs and on the other side would be the Quran representing Muslims. All those things were put together and we called it Sarav Dharam Mandir. That was in the 70s. Before I went had, to my unit. Before you had even known Swami. Uh, I had known Swami in the sense my parents had already started telling me. And maybe this was the first Swami's guidance to me to bring changes in uh, the military also. Could be that also. So we did this. I went to the same unit. Two months back, on their uh, um, platinum jubilee, seventy-five years, I found the same concept of Sarv Dharma is carrying on there. It still is carrying on for last forty, fifty years. It's carrying on. Beautiful. It has found its roots there. I was invited to the neighboring unit, which I did not know earlier. I went there and found the same concept of Sarv Dharma. I asked the commanding officer and the brigade commander about this issue. He said that about twenty to thirty years back, uh, instructions were received from the army headquarters that in future we should not call them mandir, we should call them sarv dharm, sarv dharm uh, sthal or sarv dharm mandirs. And for the whole Indian Army, from that time onwards, this concept has taken place. I don't take pride in saying that I had broken that ice in the Indian Army, in the whole Indian Army. 
from our unit. But I think Swami was behind it. Because that was the time I had already started thinking about Swami. I had not seen him. But I was thinking of Swami because my parents would every time whenever I spoke to them from field areas, they would always talk about Sai Baba hai, wo bhi idhar hai, wo idhar hai, wo Delhi mein aaya tha 1972. So that was the starting point. Now, the, uh, when you asked me, when you invited me to come over for this interaction, I said now 40 years of interaction with Swami, 45 years of interaction with Swami, how do I start? Then suddenly I remembered that in my drawers, somewhere inside, deep in my drawers, I have had diaries with me of all my, a large number of my interactions with Swami. The background to these diaries, which is very interesting because I have got all my points recorded from diaries. When I was in the National Defense Academy, again before Swami, the concept is that every officer, every cadet for that matter, must maintain diaries, write your things down at least once in a week. It improves your communication skills. It improves your ability to express yourself. And since then, I'd been writing. Once in an interview with Swami, I always carry a diary with me. I've kept the diary to one side at this moment. I always carry a diary with me. Even for an interview in uh, Whitefield, Trey, I had a diary and Swami said, Why did you take this diary? I told Swami, Swami, this is my diary. Hai. And uh, what I do is, whatever, uh, इवेंट होता है मैं उसको नोट कर लेता है एंड देन आई गो होम एंड राइट इट इन अ डायरी ही अंडरस्टूड द पॉइंट सो यू टोल्ड हिम दैट यू नोट डाउन एवरीथिंग आई नोट डाउन एवरीथिंग एज इन माय डायरी आई नोट डाउन ऑन द स्पॉट और व्हेन एवर आई गेट लेटर एलैबोरेट एंड देन आई रिप्रोड्यूस इट इन माय डायरीज एट होम ही सेड उसका क्या फायदा आई सेड स्वामी इट इज फॉर मी टू रिफ्रेश एंड फॉर पोस्टेरिटी हाउ लॉन्ग कैन आई लिव my next generation and next to gen next generation can also refer to it mm-hmm. i have got two generations already my children and my grandchildren and they know that the diary exists the aim of the diary was achieved swami said bahut acha hai in students ko bhi sikhao mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. there were students sitting there mm-hmm. so i looked Tell at the them and just kept quiet at it mm-hmm. i mean uh, uh, in front of swami you really don't have to discuss these issues it is just a small direction which comes from baba and uh, you got to absorb it assimilate it and then wait for posterity and a proper guidance coming in from him mm. so i left it at that now i'll come to the time when swami came into it you see i came from a family of religious persons um my father was quite traditional my mother was also her father before independence much before in the britishers time he was the director of railways once upon a time and she was quite flamboyant she was quite tomboyish my father was very traditional they got married now uh, th- uh, that is the time when shirdi baba the awareness for shirdi baba was there my mother was all for it once it happened that my parents i i, I was that time shuttling around in my uh, military career and i was really not in delhi with my parents for long unfortunately i did not stay with my father for long and i was only 16 years old and uh, um, i had joined the academy and well that parental touch with me unfortunately unfortunately i wish it was more it wasn't that much but the sanskars my parents always made sure whenever i came on leave they always guided me to the better to the finer aspects of life 
my mother had started reading a lot about Shirdi Sai Baba. They went to Dehradun in their car for a wedding function. No, they went for a, a holiday. In Dehradun, they went to somebody's house and there my mother saw a small photograph. It was just a small one, maybe four inches by four inches or three inches by four inches of Shidi Baba, the photograph she had never seen before. It was something different. She asked them, Ye se mili? And I, I really don't remember at this moment uh, what she said, what the lady, the hostess said, but she said, we got it from somebody and it's not available in market. However, she said, I'll take you to uh, one of the Samitis there. I'm referring now to a long time back, 70s, early 70s. I will show you and you can see if there's a book. They went there. They had a look at lots of photographs there of Shirdi Baba. Sai Baba's photographs were not really very many at that time, that point of time, early 70s. So this was a Samiti of Shirdi Baba devotees? Uh, I think it was Shirdi Baba's. I, I'm not sure. I will not commit at the moment. Um, since I'm on record. But it was a Samiti. That's what I got it written in my diary. A Samiti. Whatever. She could not find anything. And she went to Masuri for the function, for the holiday. And she was telling my father that photograph was beautiful. It seems Shiddi Baba had come to life in that photograph. I really wish I could find a photograph like this. So my father said, yes, let's see. We'll go to Delhi and see. So if holiday finished after 10 days or they came back to Delhi. But my mother still had this in mind. I want that photograph of Shidi Baba. It's very nice. They went to one or two places. They could not find it. So the matter got closed. And, but she had it in her mind. I want Shidi Baba's photograph, that small one. Uh, my parents, my mother had a small locker in a bank in Delhi. The place was the Jory Garden. So at one particular time, she wanted to place her jewelry back after attending and going on a holiday, come back, put the jewelry back like every uh, housewife does, every mother does. She went to the bank. She opened the lawyer, opened the locker. And inside that, right in front, in front of all the jewelry and whatever there was lying inside, in front of that, as soon as you opened the locker, right in front, same photograph. Mm -hmm. Just the same photograph which she was looking for was lying right there. She was amazed. Uh, she was amazed. Uh, oh, she was quite in a state of shock. She closed it. She thought she was a hallucination. She again opened it. The photograph was still there. She picked up the photograph, put it into her, this thing, closed it and came home. She wrote the father, this has happened. My father was quite amazed. This was somewhere at a time when they had already started with Baba. When Baba went to Delhi, he was walking through. By then, my parents were already, uh, uh, they were holding portfolios. Uh, I, she, my mother was the, uh, uh, in the Seva Dal, she was something, must be the secretary. My father was also the secretary in the gents. Swami walked through, looked at her mother and he said, photo mil gaya. And he walked on and came back and. Just one dialogue she had, and that was the first time she met him. Mm -hmm. Photo mil gaya. And then he walked back and he went to the stage. You see, in, in Talkutora Gardens, there's a very big crowd. And he just came down for a short period. My parents happened to be sitting a little in front. And he just walked through photo mil gaya and he went back and it, it was amazing. Now, that was the first impact my parents had about Swami. And they straight away wrote to me, 
that this is what happened and uh, you see those days there were no mobiles everything was std calls std call you got to sit next to a telephone those were those ancient telephones and uh, you got to wait for half an hour 45 minutes before a call materializes and that too strength is not five strength is only one so but it had an impact on me also and i said wow and then uh, baba's aware of it i don't know i've not seen him i only seen his photographs and my mother first uh, first encounter no i'll not encounter is not the correct word but the first time she saw and met baba was this dialogue and that photograph this photograph is still there with me in our home mandir my mother right till the day she passed off that photograph was always next to sai baba's uh, larger photograph and she preserved it she said nobody is going to touch it it has come directly from baba hmm. it is wow. still there i didn't even so brought it and shown it to you hmm. yeah we would have loved to have. yes i i should have been able to show so it in to their you. mind there was never a doubt about who is shridi baba and who is satya sai baba no she never the only thing is before she met him she was still focused on the first name was shridi baba after this the first name become became swami or sai baba not that she shifted from there but she associated both together because the, she had already read the books and they knew that he was a reincarnation of him yes it's the same it sai was baba. the same person from mm. shridi to sai baba uh, books they started reading books mm. uh, my father had a nice library of books and i maintained it myself i have a very large collection of baba's books no <clears throat> talking of belief and how how swami gets a person in i'll give you another incident a, a very nice interesting incident an informal and a personal one my father retired in the 70s yes he retired in the 70s mid 70s and he was a textile engineer working for dcm delhi cloth mills and there after the pension his pension was 2000 rupees those is 2000 was a reasonable amount in the 70s 2000 was reasonable but all the same they had a car and since my mother was a active member of an active member and a, a portfolio holder as the heading the seva dal of that particular jory garden unit and my father was also the vice president or something they would go and attend everywhere and she used to do a lot of seva in hospitals there in and around that particular district of rajouri garden they would always go in a car autos were not very many cycle rickshaws used to be there in those days now they would go in a car so one day they were to go and my mother said chalo take your car out let's go my father said look why do you want to go in a car just 2 kilometers or 3 kilometers let's go in a rickshaw she said no my father said that look it costs money and i am a retired man and i am on my living on my pension so let's be considerate on that so my mother out of scorn she said let look how much money do you spend in a month on petrol he said i am spending 400 rupees every month on my petrol for car and 400 rupees was when the petrol itself was just 1 rupee a liter or maybe less i don't remember 1 odd rupee a liter but uh, 400 rupees she said nahi nahi baba denge let's take the car baba denge my father said baba has got more important things to do than to uh, give you money for petrol she is nahi nahi 400 rupees ka baat hai let us go baba denge just 400 rupees and baba will give it baba will give see my mother was uh, hardcore baba had empathy my father was a bit of a rationalist my mother was a hardcore so she said baba denge and she kept repeating baba denge baba denge and they went they finished with their job they came back then 
a day later or two days later, my mother was cleaning her steel almera. Now, the steel almera is just generally in North Indian families is where ladies keep their saris inside. They keep there's a small locker. They keep their jewelry inside, and uh, it's basically a, a feminine uh, attire holder. My father was sitting in his nights in the early morning bed tea time, reading the papers out in the veranda, and my mother was wanting to clean up the almera. She opened the uh, uh, the almera door. There's a small locker inside. She opened the locker door, and then she found there was a very nice blue sashay lying there. A, a, a one a colored velvet sashay lying there. She was wondering, "Ye kya chiz hai? What is this?" She picked it. She opened it. Crisp hundred rupee notes. One, two, three, four. Four hundred rupee notes. She was amazed. What is this? Four hundred rupees was quite a lot during those days, and uh, generally in the earlier days, the head of the family used to keep the money. He used to regulate the flow of money. So my mother always had to ask him. I want two hundred here. I want hundred there. Give me fifty there. Give me this. Sabji wala aaya hai. Give me that. Now here was four hundred rupees. Lying, which she did not know, she picked it up. She took it to my father outside, sitting in the veranda. She said, "Have you opened my almera?" He said, "No, I'm not interested in your almera. It's got nothing of my interest there." She says that, uh, uh, "How much money did you say you had expended last month in petrol?" He said, "I told you day for yesterday, four hundred rupees." She said, "Here's your four hundred rupees. Baba has given it to me." This small sachet was lying inside my almera, and here are the four crisp notes, hundred rupees. Hundred rupees was a big value that time. Yes. We had hundred rupee note, two hundred rupees, five hundred, ten hundred, hundred. I don't know whether we used to have a thousand rupees or not. I'm not sure. But hundred rupees, my father was taken aback. The hair standing, uh, they were amazed. Ye kaise ho gaya? Four hundred rupees. That's a wealth. Now that was a direct impact. After that photograph, photograph, my father was not a witness because she had gone alone. Mm-hmm. Here, my father was a witness because the almera was in the bedroom and he was sitting outside in the veranda, and he found that hundred rupee note. And that's the time when he also suddenly realized that Sai Baba is something beyond a human being. Mm-hmm. That had a very good. Now this was the third impact. Shridhar Baba's photograph, this. And the earlier one was um, um, uh, Talkutora Gardens. Photograph mil gaya. Kya bola tha? Photograph mil gaya. So every this, time, every time your mother opened the locker, something new was getting something unlocked. Something new came out. <laughs> yes, precisely. Something new came out. Yes. And Baba has a way to play around with the, his devotees. In fact, all the talks that I'm going to give you now, all the incidents that I'm going to give you now, all pertain to these things. The way. Baba plays around with his devotees in a very friendly manner. In fact, I always considered Swami right through the complete. Uh, he asked me, "Kaisa hai? Theek hai? I have got photographs of me holding him by his shoulder on one side, and uh, things like that." So he he and he used to call me sir. I'll talk about it a little bit. He used to call me sir, or he used to call me military. So at one time. Uh, what was the question he asked me? I don't know, but I told Swami, "Hey Swami, you are my friend, philosopher, and guide." The people were sitting down below in the upper veranda, upper portico. When I said this, and they heard, 
and later on they tick me off that you should not say he's your friend, philosopher and guide. He is the God. I said, it's a question of how you look at a person. And Swami always used to smile at me and either tap me here or tap me here. Or if I'm doing this, he would do this and things like that. Which was a, These are all friendly body languages. I always considered him as a, uh, a friend, my philosopher, and he would guide me through the life, which he has been doing almost every day. There's a miracle happened yesterday. I'll come to that at the fag end. <laughs> now I'll tell you another very in interesting incident. Again, uh, this would have been in the late 70s or maybe early 80s. My mother had a brother. In fact, she comes from a family of sportsmen and she herself represented or she participated in uh, India badminton. She was a state player. She represented state for the country, in the country. And uh, her brothers, all of them were football players. Those days, there used to be football clubs. The one that I remember is Mohan... Mohan Bagan. Mohan Bagan. I remember Mohan Bagan and New Delhi heroes and something. One of her brothers, his name was Vidhi Prakash VP Suri. Now, I had come on a holiday on my leave from the military to Delhi and we had plans to come to Puttaput to be with Swami for 10 days. I was told when we came, well, when we came on a journey, uh, some rowdy elements and outside when we were traveling in a train, they threw stones. I was terribly hurt. My mother was hurt. And uh, in fact, before getting into the train, I met with a scooter motorcycle accident of my brother-in-law. And I was bandaged all over and we came here. Mm -hmm. My father said, look, why are you going when you're in such a bad shape? She's, my mother told him that me and my son and my daughter-in-law, we are going because we are in a bad shape. We must go and tell Swami why you've done this. And please now look into this. Look into our problem. She was a hardcore. Uh, and for everything, it used to be Swami Karega, Swami Dega, Swami, 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 everything. Now, we came, we reached Bangalore to be told that Baba is in Whitefield. So instead of coming here, we went to Whitefield. Badly off. I was, there was pus here and bandage and my mother was also limping and my daughter-in-law, my, my uh, wife, her daughter-in-law, she was tending to both of us. But that's what a family is. So once we went there to Whitefield, there we were told that Swami has just left for Puttaparthi. Oh. What do we do? We can't. The warden there, no, there were two students there with the warden and they said, okay, you wanted to have Swami's darshan. I said, yes. He said, he's gone to Bangalore. He's gone to Puttaparthi, but you're limping. What is the problem? And I told him that we are badly off and can you tell us some doctor who can change my bandage because it's been on for the past three days journey. Those days, the super trains were not, super fast trains were not there. The trains were all moving in slow motion and it used to be a 48 hours journey. 48 hours, maybe more, I don't remember. So he said, no, you don't have to go to a doctor. We will tend it. Uh, I mean, this is our duty. And they took us to a small play, a ro a room inside and there the boys themselves, they looked at my dirty wound, they cleaned it themselves. And that's the time I realized that, look, there is a difference in a Swami student and outsiders. Nobody else would have touched this wound and they would have said, look, this is an open, open wound. You please go to the doctor. They very lovingly, they touched it, they cleaned it, they put things on it. They gave me a fresh bandage. They, they were not in a hurry. 
it took almost about 30 minutes for them to tend to both of us. And that is the time I realized that my children, once they grow up, they also must join Baba's college. This is humility. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com slash freefm89 to find out more.